conquered the grave. Do you know that he did that for you? Personalize that. He did that for you. It wasn't just some big corporate thing he did. He did it. It's so personal. You know why? Because he knows you. He sees you. He sees you. He knows you. He hears you. That's why he did it. message is called the torn curtain three of the four gospel writers when talking about the death of Jesus mentioned the torn curtain start with Mark As at noon darkness came over the whole land till three in the afternoon. And at three in the afternoon, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, lima sabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And when some of those standing near heard this, they said, listen, he's calling Elijah. Someone ran and filled a sponge with wine vinegar and put it on a staff and offered it to Jesus to drink. Now leave him alone. Let's see if Elijah comes to take him down, he said. With a loud cry, Jesus breathed his last. The curtain of the temple was torn into from top to bottom. And when the centurion who stood there in front of Jesus saw how he died, he said, surely this man was the son of God. So Mark writes about the torn curtain. I'm not going to read them all, but Matthew writes about the torn curtain. It's interesting, and I, I like to include them all. I'm not going to read them all, but it's interesting to read the four accounts, the four Gospels. It's interesting to read them anyway, but it's good to read them and see what each person writes about. Let's just say we picked four people from this room and said, go observe something, and then we had them write about it. People can sometimes read the four Gospels and think, well, they disagree or they are discrepancies or one has details about this that the other doesn't write about. But I tell you what, if we put, picked four people and you wrote about something you observed, you'd all have different details. But there would be recurring themes. But three of the four wrote about this torn curtain. Luke, the curtain was torn in two. The only one that doesn't write it is John. I don't understand why. But three of the four wrote about this torn curtain. And that's, that's our focus today. What, what was accomplished when that curtain was torn in two? Well, we're going to start by looking at Exodus. The details of setting up the tabernacle and why that's important. Why was it important? And what that torn curtain represented then and what it represents now. So in Exodus, we read these details in chapter 26. Set up the tabernacle according to the plan shown to you on the mountain. This is instructions to Moses. Make a curtain of blue, purple, and scarlet yarn and finely twisted linen. 
with cherubim woven into it by a skilled worker. Hang it with gold hooks on four posts of acacia wood overlaid with gold and standing on four silver bases. Hang the curtain from the clasps and place the Ark of the Covenant law behind the curtain. The curtain will separate the holy place from the most holy place. Keep in mind the torn curtain. Keep in mind the torn curtain. The curtain will separate the holy place from the most holy place. Put the atonement cover on the Ark of the Covenant Law in the most holy place. It was on the inside. It's on the inside. And then we read in Leviticus about instructions that were given. Anybody wasn't allowed to go into the most holy place. The Lord spoke to Moses after the death of the two sons of Aaron who died when they approached the Lord. The Lord said to Moses, tell your brother Aaron that he is not to come whenever he chooses into the most holy place behind the curtain in front of the atonement cover on the ark or else he will die. For I will appear in the cloud over the atonement cover. This is how Aaron is to enter the most holy place. This is to be a lasting ordinance for you. Atonement is to be made once a year for all the sins of the Israelites. And it was done as the Lord commanded. Once a year, once a year, a priest was allowed to go into the most holy place to atone for the sins of the people. Once a year. Think about that. Think about your own sin to think, oh my goodness, I have to wait a whole year. It was just atoned for yesterday. I have to wait a whole year. for sin to be atoned for, for someone to go into that place. When Jesus died, the curtain was torn. The curtain was torn, and we see this idea introduced in Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 6, we have this hope as an anchor. This hope is Jesus. This hope is Jesus. If If you're in this room today and your hope is in somebody or something other than Jesus Christ, It's fleeting. It's fleeting. It will not satisfy. It will not produce for you what you want it to produce. Only Jesus. We have this anchor. This hope is an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. It enters the sanctuary behind the curtain where our forerunner Jesus has entered on our behalf. He went there on our behalf. So when he died, and that curtain was torn in two there was access there was access to the most holy place more details in chapter 7 of Hebrews Jesus has become the guarantor of a better covenant a better covenant he's able to save completely those who come to God through him Because he always lives to intercede for them. Do you know that? Do you know that he lives to intercede for you? Talk to him today about something you want him to intercede for on your behalf. And talk to him again later today. And talk to him again tomorrow about that. Talk to him. Because he lives for that reason. Unlike other high priests, he does not need to offer sacrifices day after day First for his own sins. First of all, he didn't have any. 
And then for the sins of the people, he sacrificed for their sins once for all when he offered himself. More details. Hebrews 8. Now the main point of what we are saying, I love the way he writes this. The main point of what we're saying is this. We do have such a high priest, his name's Jesus, who sat down at the right hand of the throne of the majesty in heaven, who serves in the sanctuary, the true tabernacle set up by the Lord, not by a mere human being. Hebrews 10. We've been made holy through the sacrifice of the body of Jesus. You cannot be made holy by any other, by any other. He entered on your behalf. He entered on your behalf. The sacrifice of the body of Jesus once for all, day after day, every priest stands and performs his religious duties. Again and again, he offers the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. But when this priest, Jesus, had offered for all time one sacrifice for since he sat down at the right hand of God, for by one sacrifice he has made perfect forever those who are being made holy. We're in the process of continually being made holy. It's progressive. It happens ongoing. We haven't arrived yet. And then there's this. This is the crux of this. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, do you you have that confidence today? If you don't, I want you to. If, If you don't, you can. Since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, how by a new and living way opened up for us through the curtain, through the torn curtain, through the torn curtain. That is his body, the body of Jesus. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God. Now let's pay attention to these things. We're gonna, and I'm going to break them down for a little bit when, after I read them all. Let us draw near to God with a sincere heart, with a full assurance that faith brings having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold on swervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised us is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching, the day of his return, the day that this all ends whatever that looks like. What's your response to a new and living way opened up for you through that torn curtain? What's your response to that? The scriptures tell us a little bit of what our response should be. Let us draw near to God. How? How? with a sincere heart, with a sincere heart. Start there today. If, if you're not there yet, start there today. Just say, Lord, here's my heart. I don't even know what this means. That was my prayer 40 some years ago. I didn't know what I was praying. I didn't know what I was asking. I didn't know what all it looked like. I didn't know what all it was going to require of me. I didn't know this was certainly part of the equation down the road. 
Start with a sincere heart. With full assurance of faith. Full assurance of faith. Even if it's not full assurance, but start with that place of faith. Maybe there's doubt. Maybe there's doubt. Tell them that. Tell them that. Your sins are forgiven. No need to carry around guilt. Draw near, not just once, not just once in a while. Draw near to him daily, every day, all day. The torn curtain gives you that kind of any day, all day access. We get to go in boldly into that most holy of places. Not because we're worthy by ourselves, but his forgiveness makes us worthy to be able to approach the throne. We're not going to die. We're not going to die. You're not going to die if you enter the most holy of places. We get to be insiders to the plans and the will of God. As Pastor Shane spoke so eloquently, and if you get a chance, look up last week's message on our website. He invited us to enter the dance. Enter the dance with God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Enter the dance with all three. It'll change your life. It'll change your life forever. What other instruction do we have here? Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess. Unswervingly, straight and narrow road, not veering off. No sidestepping. Stay the course. <laughs> I had this written in my notes. So I'm going to share something. that Somebody used that term here. Stay the course. The torn curtain that is the broken body of Jesus gives us the hope that nobody or nothing else can give you. Enter the dance and hold fast all the rest of your days to the hope that there's a future. And not just the future, but just for daily living. It's an amazing way to live with all the stuff that's going on in this crazy world. We can have peace and we can have a hope and we can have a joy. And we do. So I was... Uh, driving Betty Welker to the hospital this week to go see George. And uh, I, got to, I got to go with her twice this week. And, uh, and it's been a long journey for this family. It's been a long haul. It's been difficult at times. This is George's first time not being in church on Easter, but Betty's back there. But they continue, even when it's difficult. Why? Because of the hope. The hope that this, is, this scripture instructs us to hold on to the hope that we have. They're able to continue because of the hope that they have. And there's others in you in, in this room that are dealing with very similar things. But as we're driving, she's talking about the both the difficulty and the hope. And both are true. 
Both are true. So then yesterday she sends me a text. No, this was Friday. She sent me a text. We got good news today. So for those that don't know, I'll just give a quick story. George fell at a picnic at his house last summer, broke his ankle. He's in his 80s, he's diabetic, and has neuropathy. So there's multiple issues going on there. The initial, the initial uh, doctor on scene wanted to amputate his, amputate his leg. But there was a doctor there that said, no, I have some ideas. So anyway, so he's been going for treatments, and now he's in the hospital for this extended treatment. And we've been praying and praying and praying for tissue, tissue, creeping tissue, creeping tissue, creeping tissue in the wound, creeping tissue in the wound. So, and that happened. Tissue was creeping. It was creeping. It was creeping. And it was covering the covering. But then they discovered that, and they never saw this before, but they discovered there was this hole. There was this hole they hadn't seen before. And so now that's why he's in the hospital for these treatments every single day to deal with this hole. And I said to the, actually when I was there this week, I said to the doctor, I said, how will you know if this is working? He's like, well, we're not even sure we'll necessarily know. I was like, okay, well, we'll just trust Jesus. So I get this text from Betty. We got good news today. The tunneling hole started at seven and is down to four. Praise God, Dr. PK is very pleased. The wound is smaller and is filling in. God is teaching me obedience and faith to stay the course. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, a new and living way opened up for us that it is his body. Let us draw near with a sincere heart and full of assurance that faith brings. Let us hold on unswervingly, not moving to the left or the right, to this hope that we have, this hope that we have. Hold on to the hope that you have. If you don't have hope today, talk to somebody today because we want to introduce you to the one who has it for you. Let us consider, the scripture goes on to say, let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds because of the torn curtain that is Jesus. He can spur you on today. Who can you love recklessly today because of the torn curtain that gives you access to a limitless love that is Jesus? He starts with him. You can't do it apart from him, I can tell you that. What what deeds, what acts, what works have sprouted from your acknowledgement of what the torn curtain has accomplished in your life? Deeds, works, they won't save us. They won't ever save us. But they become part of the equation because they become demonstrations of the love of God. Loving and caring and reaching into people's lives and serving them and 
It's all part of what we get to do. We get to be part of that process. Not because of our own strength, not because of our own efforts, not because we're trying to earn anything. We don't earn anything. And then finally, let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. And I wrote down this question, what's the connection between entering the most holy place and meeting together? What's that connection? Tell you what, every time we meet together, we get to go into that holy place together. And it doesn't matter what we're doing, whether we are in a worship service like this, whether we're in a small group on Sunday morning, whether we're in a prayer meeting, whether you're, as a bunch of you did last Sunday after church, you were in the, in the food court at the Southern Park Mall all together. Whether we're unloading all the water that you see in the lobby it's about 10 of us unloading water yesterday. Whether we're, it doesn't matter what we are. He's in the midst of this. He's in the midst of our gatherings. And he's doing things in the middle of those gatherings. He's strengthening us. He's encouraging us. He's showing us one another's giftings. He's And you're spilling out. You're spilling out in these gatherings, wherever it is, whether it's in this building or outside this building, you're spilling out what he's poured into you. So there's a reason that in this passage, when he's talking about acknowledging what was accomplished by this new and living way opened up for us in the torn curtain, that meeting together has value. But meeting together and spurring one another on and encouraging one, one another. And the, and the scripture is so interesting to me because we've been talking a lot over the last couple of years about how the Lord just keeps opening up all these ministries, you know, where, where there's almost something going on every single day. That's not an accident, and it's not to overwork the saints. It's not to, to tire us out or to exhaust us or have us become weary. But this instruction is here to do this all the more, all the more, all the more, because this is going to come to a conclusion at some point. And those that don't understand yet about this torn curtain, those that are still lost out there, where are they, they going to turn? They're going to turn to people that know about Jesus, that have a confidence, that have a solid ground to stand on, that have a... a firm foundation. So when we get to do things together, it's not just to fill time. It's not just to, it's not to be some social club. It's not to be, although social, social is part of it. But in the middle of our socializing, he spills out. I, I can't even imagine what the food court at the mall was like last week as a bunch of y'all gathered for lunch. There was spillage just in your fellowship. So when we meet for classes Sunday morning or we meet for the Men of Valor or Wednesday night classes or the Jubilees or the Remnant or the Engaged or the EEC or the Conquer Warpath series or youth group or the Belonging or work projects or connection groups or Sunday night prayer or attending a high school wrestling match because one of our own's in it. 
or going to a show at a local theater because some of our people are in it. It's all purposeful. It's all purposeful. And it all stems because we recognize, we recognize the freedom, the access that we have to our Savior. And we might look at a passage like that and think that's only always only about prayer. That's a really important part of it. But it's about living. It's about living. We get to live in His presence. And we will do it imperfectly as long as we have breath. But we're continually being refined. We don't make excuses for our shortcomings. We don't justify them. We say, Lord, help us. All of these are opportunities for us to enter the dance with Jesus. Sorry, Shane, I'm stealing your line. <laughs> I don't think it was even your line. But, <laughs> but it's good. close with this verse. Therefore, since we have a great high priest, we have a great high priest. His name is Jesus. If you don't know him today, I want you to. I want you to. I want to introduce you to him. We have a whole bunch of people who, who will introduce you to him if you don't know him today, or if you haven't surrendered to him, or maybe you did a long time ago and strayed. We have a great high priest who has ascended into heaven, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold firmly to the faith we profess, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses. Maybe you're sitting here today and saying, I got, my weaknesses are so strong, they overpower me. He'd, he'd never let me enter that place. Maybe that's your thought process. Or maybe your thought process is, I've, I've tried and I've failed. We'll join the club. We've all tried and failed. We don't have a high priest who's unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way just as we are, yet he did not sin. That's, that's, the, that's the advocate. That's the one whose body was broken so that we can enter boldly into that most holy so then we have this final instruction let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need I tell you what once you begin to enter the dance you don't want to just enter that place in your only your time of need you want to enter that place because he's worthy you want to enter that place because he provides a freedom for you to worship, a liberty that you have that you don't have apart from Him. Our chains really can be gone. And there's testimonies all over this room that point to that. 
The curtain was torn in two. When Jesus died on the cross, he is that torn curtain. He did it for you, and he did it for me. And he did it for multitudes who are not in worship today. He did it for multitudes who don't know about him yet. Or maybe have heard about him. But just think this is all about religion. Let's stand. Choir, would you come? We want to pray today. I'm going to have a corporate prayer here, but if you need prayer, we want to pray with you. If you need to talk to somebody, there's people here who will talk with you. We know many of you. Some of you are going through stuff. We want to pray. We're going to close with this song again. The victor's crown. Do you know? Do you know? Do you know about the victor's crown? It's real. It's real. This isn't, we're not just blowing smoke. We can and have victory over whatever comes against us because of the torn curtain that is the body of Jesus who died and rose again. He rose again. He rose again. Father, we pray right now, pray all, all over this room that you will just minister the truths of what we have access to by your broken body, by the torn curtain. But no longer do we have to hold on and wait for forgiveness of sins. Now we have to keep coming to you for sure. Because that's how we get to know you. That's how we build our relationship. That's how you keep refining us. But I pray for everybody in this room, all around this room, whatever the needs are, whatever the thoughts are, whatever the difficulties are, whatever the struggles, whatever the sin, whatever the darkness, whatever the confusion, whatever the chaos. I pray you'll meet each person right where they are. I pray for people all over this room. If they need something from you, they'll just step out of their step out of their seat and just come forward. And if it's just kneeling at the altar, or if they want somebody to pray with them, then they'll just signal that to somebody. They can come, you can even go to them. have your way right now, Lord.
have your way in this place.